Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, Dolphins fans, haters, and everyone in between to your favorite show, discussing the greatest franchise in sports, the Miami Dolphins. This is the Fins Pod. My name is Moose, your host, and today we're looking at the tight end position. On Wednesday, we spoke about the receiving core specifically, but now I think it's time to actually look at the other pass catchers who are also tasked with aiding in the run game. Well, sort of. We're going to talk about Mike Kosicki and the next steps for him in his overall development, as well as the other tight ends on the roster let's dive in they've thrown it every down on this series to a toward the end zone what a catch took it away from thornhill kasicki has another one you're right here you're guarded by him where's the safeties way out wide so you run down the middle and you see how wide open that is you just got to get the ball just past the safety coming over. When Brian Flores came to Miami, we all expected him to bring a little New England with him. But to be frank, I don't think any of us realized just how much. From the whole takes no talent ripoff, straight up ripoff, with the whole do your job shtick that they got going up in New England. I mean, come on, takes no talent, do your job. It's the same thing. To the general lack of information that is given to the media regarding injuries or any potential tactical advantage that they feel would be given up, they don't give it to the media. And that regards leaks, too. There are no leaks. Armando's not spewing any you know, propaganda from the regime anymore. It's straight up now a tight, like, tight-lipped ship, and no one really knows. We saw that last year in the draft. Reporters were going left and right on where they thought they were going. And in the end, no one actually knew. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now. Who actually predicted all these moves? So clearly, it's a very different operation up top. And these are elements that he's brought in that I honestly, begrudgingly have admired about the Patriots. And I believe over the past few decades, of course, not anymore, but I believe they were elements that really helped build their consistent success. And while it seemed like the Dolphins could be trending in that direction. And after a complete teardown of their roster and an extremely rough first half to that 2019 season, which we have all repressed, but hey, you can't know positivity without extreme negativ- negativity. You can't know, can't know joy without sadness. So we cannot feel the success we're going to eventually feel without knowing that horrible, horrible 2019 season. And the franchise has only been looking up since. Since then... 
10 and 6 finish last season with the most rookies taking snaps compared to all the other NFL teams, mind you. And our friend Michael Jordan would say that the ceiling is the roof for this team. One of the elements Flores seemed to bring when he came to Miami as well is his reliance on 12 personnel, and that's two tight end sets on the offensive side. From Chad O'Shea, who initially came in, to Chan Gailey's offense, and now Chris Godsey, the the idea of dual tight end formations have kind of been more common for Miami. That All those offensive coordinators have that two tight end set in their history and tend to lean on 12 personnel more than some other offenses around the league. And if you remember... New England specifically specialized in this type of offensive attack, utilizing these matchups to their advantage and putting defenses on their heels, going in, you know, no huddle offense, keeping mismatches on the field as defenses try to figure out what part of the field they're supposed to cover on the fly. And they are trying to adjust to these different sized athletes who are being thrown onto the field. And it's hard for them. They don't know who to match up with who from Gronk to Hernandez, the murderer, Benjamin Watson, even. The Pats like to help their quarterback. Specifically, they like to help Tom Brady. And by they did that by providing him with safety valves in the flat and over the middle of the field. And the reason that the tight end is so useful to people under New England's coaching tree, I mean, think about it. We saw TJ Hawkinson taken by the Lions under Matt Patricia. Horrible pick. He is not worth that high of a pick in hindsight. I mean, he, he still might become a nice player. We'll see. But definitely too high there. But still, the value of the tight end is clear under New England's coaching tree. And I think it's a little controversial, excuse me, but just a little straightforward. Moving the ball down the field is about proper play calling and simple execution, not superstar athletes. The offensive coordinator should be setting the defense up and trying to create mismatches along the outside as well as over the middle. You're trying to sort of, you're playing a game of chess. So you want a safety having to pick up your speed guy. You want to run stuffing linebacker on your tight end, and you want your big-bodied outside receiver on their smallest corner. You are you're trying to create these matchups, and these simple things can be attacked and taken advantage of when you find them and are able to manipulate them. And the team that does this best on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball and is able to make adjustments in-game, these are the teams that tend to do well. These are the things that teams like New England of the past were able to do, and things that we saw the Dolphins and Flores doing well last season too. So that's great to see. Think back to the San Francisco game, the 49ers game. The Niners had like that fourth string. They had a ton of injuries, if you recall, on the defensive side of the ball. And the Niners had like a fourth string defensive back there. And the Finns just kept on picking on it. They Fitzy kept attacking it with Parker and it just resulted in so many yards. They went back at it and back at it and back at it. And eventually there was that insane third and goal touchdown from the 20 yard 20-yard line, it was like a third and goal from the 20 for after a penalty or some dumb play. And Fitzy threw it over the top. And the Dolphins were just picked them. They, they picked at these mismatches that they had. So it's apparent the way Flores may want to operate his offense seems to be built off of these matchups and finding these, you know, things that he can take advantage of. <clears throat> and that's the same way that he approaches the style of his defense, adapting it week to week matching up physically your best players with their best players, scheming shit up to take away their strengths. And if you're on the offensive side, creating your strengths and leveraging them against their weaknesses. Adapting it week to week is so important too. All NFL teams are different. So you need to make sure that you have the different types of skill sets to match up with all the different types of players that you're going to be up against. If you're a one-dimensional team and you come up against the, you know, the worst opponent for you, you're screwed. The Dolphins, remember under those years with Philbin, you know, they were so finesse and soft. 
and the Ravens, these powerful teams, these strong teams would roll over the Dolphins. So this is a different identity. The Dolphins need to play adaptable, hard-nosed, standard football. So listen, regardless, I believe that Flores also wants his offense to have that similar philosophy. Be adaptable and be able to create favorable matchups with your own guys. So with that in mind, how does this specifically relate to the tight end position? Well, going back to that idea of matchups, tight ends specifically provide mismatches that no other position can. But the hangup is, it's just really hard to find tight ends who can actually create that separation and get open. Miami wants an offense that has weapons playing at the tight end position. Everyone in the NFL wants that offense. So today, we're going to look at the current position, the state of it, starting with a recent addition. Seathan Carter, six foot three, two hundred fifty pounder, who contributed a little with Cincinnati, but mainly on special teams. He will likely cut his teeth there and earn his keep in special teams, but he does have some serious athleticism, and he could be an option in the passing game. Obviously, he's going to have to show out to really actually earn a spot on the roster. But considering the current situation, Miami is looking to find another receiving threat, and Carter has made some flashy plays. He's only twenty-seven. There might be a preseason this year. He might have a chance. Speaking of, might having a chance. Next up is Chris Myrick. Myrick has been around for a few seasons now, mostly on the practice squad. He's bounced up. He's been pulled up a few times to the active roster when there usually is an injury or something like that. Myrick reminds me kind of an Anthony Fasano in terms of his play style, and that's not that's not a bad thing. That's a compliment. He's solid at everything. He's a good blocker, solid you know, as a receiver, is able to catch the ball. But he just doesn't flash or explode, if that really does make sense, if that comparison makes sense to you. And I think he does have a place in the league. So him being on the practice squad, him getting a shot also you know, in the preseason, that's something you like to see. I don't think he's bad depth at all. But he's going to have a tough time finding those reps, considering the rest of the competition. In my position, the third tight end on the roster is Durham Smythe. And Smythe was taken by the Dolphins in the fourth round, 123rd overall, in 2018, the same year as Mike Kosicki, who we're going to get to, and he's only 25. He just needs to get bigger, in my opinion, physically, stronger in the blocking game. He has hands for sure. He can catch. He's proven that he can run routes, and he's athletic. We've seen him on those little shovel passes from Tua, on those little creative plays. The one time I was like, nice, Chan. Really, the few times where I was honestly impressed with Chan, it was those random shovel passes on third and one, which surprised me, and I was like, oh, good to see. But, you know, Durham Smythe was good on those, and he was also solid on those general misdirection plays, which generally relies on an athletic tight end. And Smythe can do it all. I mean, at least all you can realistically ask for from a modern-day tight end, he just needs to get great at something. He's good at everything, you know, mass, uh, you know, jack-of-all-trades, master of none, that sort of style with Durham Smythe. If he's able to really elevate something in his game, that will help. I'm a fan. Listen, I am a fan of Durham Smythe. I'm just going to need him to become a slightly better blocker maybe so he can just compete in case a new tight end does come in and really start adding some competition to the room. But if the status quo remains then you know we do want Smythe to elevate his game if he does stay and we don't change up the tight end room. And next, I know it's not really fair to have him at second because last season he was realistically third and Smythe was second, but going forward, I think Adam Shaheen is going to be utilized at a much higher clip than he was in 2020. Last season, Durham Smythe played more snaps than Shaheen, but I just feel like the, the former Bear, he has a higher ceiling. Look, he's stronger, bigger, and frankly, a more dynamic weapon. We saw it in flashes too last year. He would hit it up the seam or be a threat in the red zone. I feel like he's only going to get better in this offense. And obviously, barring injury, which was something he struggled with, 
I think, you know, thank the football gods, though, last year he did not. He was able to avoid it last season. But regardless, I do think Adam Shaheen is someone who the Dolphins will want to keep going forward. They did sign him to that extension. So there's something about his play style that they do like. And I may be mistaken. He might not end up making the roster, but we'll find out. Next, our favorite offensive weapon, at least mine personally, Mike Kosicki. And Mike Kosicki showed the NFL, I think, I mean, I feel like if you don't believe this, you didn't watch any Dolphins games, so I don't even want to talk to you about them. But I think Kosicki showed the NFL exactly, exactly who he can be, you know, as a, as a tight end. A modern-day receiving threat tight end, a dominant force in the passing game who can snag anything in his catch radius over the middle of the field. He showed out in some games. He dominated in a way that we haven't had a tight end dominate for the Dolphins since Randy McMichael. And, and he honestly didn't even do it as, as sexily as, as Mike Kosicki does. Now, listen, before I continue to slobber all over him, let me raise a couple concerns. He struggles as a receiver on the boundary, the outside, running along the sidelines. We saw multiple times last season him dropping passes, running deep along, you know, along the boundary. Hopefully that can improve. But, you know, there could be a tight end who's out there who can help. He could be a Dolphin. He's in Florida right now. He had a pro day recently. But anyways, Mike Kosicki had a solid season, but no doubt he was up and down, inconsistent, a little too inconsistent. We need him to be a contributing force week in and week out. We need that consistency. But I don't blame him for that entirely last season. There was some shoddy play calling from Mr. Changeli. So I just feel like he does. He's just getting absolutely roasted by everyone. All Dolphins fans agree that he was a bad OC. Maybe we're all burying our heads in the sand to other problems, but... Frankly, I just don't think that's true. The way the games were called, it was so inconsistent. So, yes, I'm sorry. You know, Mike Kosicki was clearly inhibited by some poor, poor play calling. And, unfortunately, at times, tentative quarterback play, which was sometimes contributing to the shoddy play calling. But he was taken away. Going back to Mike Kosicki, he was taken away by defenses because he was really the only threat on the offense at times. If you think about it, Games where Devontae Parker was hobbled, as was Jakeem Grant, where he was injured, because both of them, multiple weeks on end, would just be out. Opposing defenses could really just focus their attention on stopping Gasicki. And Miami's offense was kind of screwed at that point. So I don't think Gasicki's disappearances in games were honestly all on him. Rather, he was schemed out of those matchups. And that kind of shows exactly why the Dolphins need to find another option to help out and help open things up for everyone else, including Gasicki himself. Last season, the 25-year-old Gasicki finished with 53 receptions in just 15 games, 703 yards, and 6 touchdowns. That can go up. I absolutely think those numbers can go up, and he's only going to get better. And I'm sorry, his chemistry with Tua is also only going to get better as well. So watch out. We saw glimpses in Kansas City against the bungholes. Those two, you know, they can really make fireworks happen, Tua and Gasicki, in the very near future. But it's going to have to be proven and consistent. Regardless, Mike Gasicki is tight end one. I believe that. You believe that. Now, does that mean he's all you need at the position? Of course not. Gasicki is a, vis- a very specific type of tight end. A modern tight end, you know, seven-on-seven style football type of tight end. Almost exactly what you kind of would want from the position. In the modern day, everything you want, aside from, you know, that occasional blocking ability, which is really hard to find. Really, George Kittle is one of the few tight ends. Maybe Mark Andrews. 
it comes through very, very rarely. Maybe you can find an occasional freak who once in a lifetime maybe comes in a draft class, maybe this draft class, you know, but I digress. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it over the next few weeks. But Mike Kosicki can definitely line up outside as a receiver too. And yes, he needs to get better on the outside like we talked about, but it's not something that can't be improved. He's already shown that he's stronger in his routes when he, you know, compared to when he was a rookie. And when I say stronger in his routes, I mean literally stronger. He used to get knocked off and shoved out whenever he would be running a simple slant, a simple in route. He would just get hit by a linebacker and be completely knocked off his timing and it would mess everything up. And he's stronger now and able to fight through that contact and sort of go up against these linebackers and become more of a matchup nightmare. He's got strong hands over the middle of the field as well. And he, listen, he can bail a quarterback out. We saw that a couple times with Tua and especially with Fitzpatrick. <clears throat> Excuse me. His catch radius makes him a weapon at any depth on the field. I mean, we've seen him run 70 yards down the field in San Fran and catch a dart over the middle of the field against the Chiefs. So Gasicki has proven, in my opinion, to be one of the best tight ends in what appears to be a solid 2008 NFL draft class. If you go back and look at it, 2018 was not bad for tight ends when he came in. It had Hayden Hurst, who was the first tight end taken, turned out to be not the best. Dallas Goddard, who was, I was a big fan of, and he continues to likely be, you know, potentially the best tight end of the class. We'll find out. I think Kasiki still has that ceiling. The best of all, though, Mike Andrews, Mark Andrews, excuse me, of the Baltimore Ravens. I think he is by far the best tight end. He can do it all, and he's an amazing blocker. The perfect fit for the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, Durham Smythe himself was also drafted in 2018, but Mike Kosicki still has the highest ceiling. I mean, he he can jump out the roof, and he's able to sort of, he, I don't even, kind of Jimmy Graham, I guess, would be a comp. He can really dominate at that level. Um, so I really think it's something that we would hope to see him continue to elevate his game. So if we think about the overall tight end position going forward, where are we? Where are the Dolphins? Well, I believe the Dolphins will and need to find other options at the position. Look, Mike Kosicki is a stud, and I want him to be part of the future. I think we all do as fans. Everyone was excited from what they saw, and I would be kind of confused if you don't like Kosicki just because what else do you want? I know you want like better tight end play. We all do. I mean, like you always want better everywhere, but... What did we have before? So I think we all clearly want him to be part of the future. And his general play style and ability to create mismatches physically just from the way he is as an athlete with his length and speed, it makes him so dynamic and just generally valuable to the offense. And it's just another great pick by Chris Greer, a good example of identifying, you know, and honestly, might have been Adam Gase who picked him too. But if Greer had anything to do with it, that's great. Because if you think about it, Miami in that position was not expected to go with a tight end with a high ceiling that potentially needed to develop. So the fact that they took a chance on, on Gasicki and it's kind of panning out, and if he becomes, you know, what we think he could be, well, then it's an amazing move. Unless Adam Shaheen, though, also earns a nickname he had in college, Baby Gronk, though. So he's the second tight end. So we have Gasicki, but unless Adam Shaheen becomes Baby Gronk and takes that step, which I don't think he's going to do, then I do think you do have to strengthen the position. Because like I said, it all seems to be reliant on Gasicki taking that step and being a top 10 tight end. But if he's not and he struggles or takes a step back, which is equally likely, then we're relying on Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe. So the Dolphins' offense overall 
in the eyes of Brian Flores, in my opinion, is best run when there are multiple tight ends who can block and help in the run game, as well as in pass protection. Stay in against those crazy defenses who are bringing a lot of heat, and you need tight ends to stay in and contribute in pass pro. You know, Clearly, I think Flores would like that versatility. I don't think we really have that right now. And, of course, you want tight ends who can help in the passing attack itself. So, I think you can expect this team to draft a tight end to help add some depth and, competi- and competition. Whether that be, hopefully, in my opinion, at 6 with Kyle Pitts or later in the draft with a guy like Fryermouth from Penn State or Brevin Jordan, they should add some competition to the room. Considering they have added Will Fuller, having another tight end to help spread out opposing defenses horizontally and take advantage of holes over the middle, it's only going to help to a tongue of Iloa. So what do you guys think? Are the Dolphins poised to add at the tight end position? Or do you think they're going to stand pat? Do you think they like what they got with Shaheen, Durham Smythe, Gasicki, Myrick, and Seathan Carter? Let us know in the comments or on social media at FinsPod. Pitts, he nearly put up 100 yards per game, 12 touchdowns in just eight games. And remember, that's against SEC opponents. These dudes are NFL players that he's playing up against. I don't care if you're safety. I don't care if you're a linebacker. I don't care if you're a cornerback. You are up Pitts Creek if you're trying to guard this dude. So for me, I guarantee after listening to Peter Schrager, after doing the Burl lesson, after breaking down his college film, I can see this young man going in the top five. Top five. He is going to make an immediate impact in the NFL. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fins Pod. That's going to do it for us here today. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want more of the show, please check out our Patreon. It really helps support us. Patreon.com slash FinsPod. For literally two bucks a month, you can not only help support the show, but listen to bonus episodes, and the site itself has some other goodies as well. So the link is in the description there, or head to Patreon.com slash FinsPod to start getting some perks. So thank you so much for that support. And please remember, if you're watching on YouTube, to like the video. And if you enjoyed the show, subscribe as well, just so you never miss a chance to chat about your Miami Dolphins. Remember that FinSpot is available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and, of course, here on YouTube as well. Continue the conversation with us over on Twitter and Instagram, at FinSpod, and check out the site for news and content, FinSpod.com. Check out the TikTok, too, on FinSpod. Uh, we're really working to make sure to try to get some good content over there. So if you're a fan of TikTok and want some dolphins there, at FinSpod. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. Until next time, stay safe. Love y'all. Love y'all.